What's up, world? We had another episode of Garage Talks. I'm your host, Desmond Reynolds, aka The Peacekeeper. We sitting here tonight, another late night episode. Got a great guest coming in today. So it's a great man, great young man at the University of Oregon. Got a lot to share. Can't wait to introduce you right now. Jaden, what's up, my guy? Man, how's it going? Thanks for having me, man. Always, Thank man. you. Always. I guess we can start with, man. Jaden, what you about? Where you from? Um, what you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm from um, Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, it's a suburb about 30 miles west of Pittsburgh. So um, it's safe to say I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was actually born there. And then from age one, age two, uh, my family moved to Aliquippa. So Aliquippa is what I know. Aliquippa is where I'm from. Aliquippa is where I was raised. Um, and if you don't know where that is, um, if you watch the NFL and you've ever heard of guys like Darrell Revis, Mike Dicka, Ty Law, which are NFL Hall of Famers, mm. um, I came from the same road, same street, same right. place, literally. So um, about 6,000, 7,000 of us, and yeah. we're all we know. So a little small town, Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, that's where I'm from. That's what's up. I remember when we uh, started talking, you were telling me that because meeting at the barbershop, I mm-hmm. mean, that was, that was dope just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what I say? Oh, yeah. Taylor Swift. Ain't she from Pennsylvania, too? Yeah, said. I think I think um, I think Taylor Swift, if I can remember correctly, she's from like eastern Pennsylvania, oh, wow. but she's from like a town called like West Reading. So there's oh, wow. Reading, Pennsylvania, which is um a little bit of a bigger city, but it's not as big as Pittsburgh or Philadelphia. But there's like a a suburb of like west of Reading, PA. It's yeah. called West Reading. Oh, okay. So, right. and that's where she's from. Yeah. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. So, how was life for you in Pennsylvania? How's life growing up and everything? Uh, Pennsylvania, life in Pennsylvania, um, for the most part, it was pretty good. Uh, for me, uh, just uh, I grew up, I, I was adopted. Um, so, yeah, at one point in time from you know, birth to age one, probably one and a half. I was a foster child. Um, I was in the foster system. Uh, didn't really know much about it, but I kind of have a little bit of remembrance of it. Like uh, my mom, my mom who adopted me, uh, taking me to see my biological mom oh, wow. and everything. And so um, uh, life, you know, it was pretty good. You know, whenever I moved to Aliquippa, um, we were sheltered, had a pretty good life. You know, um, I had a single mom who, uh, worked two jobs. Um, I had a bunch of older siblings. So, um, you know, she worked two jobs. She could afford to kind of be off or, or be out and about, uh, you know, more hours of the day because, uh, she worked two jobs to put food on the table. And, you know, I had a bunch of older siblings. I had two older brothers and I had, uh, six older sisters. Oh, okay. So like, you know, um, when I was born and my three younger sisters were born after me, it was almost like a, one older sibling could watch one younger sibling kind of oh, thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, for the most part, growing up, uh, I was pretty sheltered. Uh, my mom worked extremely, extremely hard Man. to get uh, to get us everything we wanted. Yeah, um, yeah so, I mean, I, I had an all right life. Yeah. Some difficulties, you know, not growing up with a father. Right. But uh, for the most part, you know, my mom, my grandma, they just did everything they could to take care of my siblings and I and my cousins and I whenever they came over. That's what's up, man. See, I, I grew up as an only child, and I, I love what you just said because I really realized what my parents, what they did for me, how hard they worked, no matter how hard the struggle was, mm-hmm. you know, and if you can recognize, you know, you know how they say real, recognize real. Absolutely. I saw their hard work, and man, I, I tell you, even reflecting back, it's like, man, seeing everything they went through just so you can have a good life mm-hmm. or a better life than them, that's mm-hmm. key, man. I mean, that's that's such a sacrifice. It's huge, man. And I see that from you. I know when we met, what, three weeks ago? Yeah. I, I saw something. And now hearing that, it's like, there we go. Yeah, man. And I just try to be mindful of everywhere I go. And I try to pay attention to places like the barbershop, which I'm actually really glad that I met you there. But, um, you know, two years ago, you know, we'll get into that, I'm sure. But two years ago, I actually came to Eugene um, for a semester. You know, I followed my heart. I wanted to come to the University of Oregon and I just did whatever I could by any means necessary of getting here. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the first places I wanted to go to experience the culture of being in Eugene was going to the barbershop, going to the barbershop. and just, <laughs> and just <laughs> meeting, 
uh, different people. And just, you know, that's where I go to because I want to hear some stories. I want to hear something about people and what's their why and who are they, you know, you know, because I know people are going to want to know like where I come from and want to learn more about me. So naturally um, I gravitate towards wanting to learn more about them. And shout out to Brian at Blessings, man. Brian, shout out to you. Man, that's, that's yeah, there you go. Yeah, Brian actually was, uh, you know, I went through a few barbers in 2021. I'm yeah. um, just trying to figure out, you know, what was affordable for me because life in Pennsylvania, everything is a lot cheaper. Um, yeah, it is. So, you guys have sales tax out there? Um, we do. do. Um, okay. If you're in Allegheny County, which is where Pittsburgh is, I think it's 7%. Oh, and wow. if you're in Beaver County, um, which is the one over, which is where I grew up. I think it's six percent. So I mean, but everything yeah. is cheaper there. It's yeah. like very, very cheap. Um, so even with sales tax, you're saying it's still cheaper than like when you come out to Oregon. Absolutely. And one thing, <laughs> and the one, <laughs> the one thing I noticed in Oregon is like, um, it's similar to Alaska because I've been to Alaska on vacation, and oh, the price right. you see is the price you get. Yeah, yeah. For a lot of things that right. you do, whereas like in Pennsylvania, things are actually a little bit cheaper because of that right. sales tax. Where um, I don't have a car out here, so I don't really pay attention to gas or anything. But yeah. in Pennsylvania, where I live, gas is about three fifty, three sixty. Um, with COVID, it's gone up to about probably three seventy, but it kind of fluctuates oh. there. In Ohio, it's about three ten. But before COVID, it was about two eighty, two ninety a gallon. So, um, you know, I have a cousin that lives in Vancouver, and he's like, "Man, you moving out here? Ten dollars don't spend the same." So, yeah, it don't, man. It don't. Fifties <laughs> feel like twenties, man. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, man. Um, going back a little bit with with you being adopted, how did you really hone in on finding yourself and really? I mean, because I feel like you got a real good grasp on yourself. I, I got to know. Like, how did you really, how'd you do that? What's the secret? So um, when I was younger, um, you know, I thought life was good. I thought, you know, uh, my mom who adopted me, you know, shout out to my mom. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it without you, Anita. You're hey, my man. mama. And, um, but uh, just growing up, you know, she never told us because we were young. We were babies. We didn't really know anything. It really wouldn't have made too much of a difference the way life was flowing, going to school. So, and uh, I just remember, uh, I guess one day, um, I was just like in the car, riding in the back seat, and she like parked the car, mm. and she like told me to come up to the front, and she was like. I guess she had got off the phone and then she had told me, she was like, Hey, can I tell you something? How old were you? John? Um, I was, a, I was 11 years old. I think it was like right before my 11th birthday. Wow. Uh, she told me and she was like, Hey, I just want to tell you something just so you know, since you're young and you probably won't understand it now, but you will definitely understand it later. And yeah. I have to tell you because, you know, in our family, we, we, uh, we preach honesty, you know, that's just what we live by honesty, you know? And I was like, what, what is it, mom? Like, what is it? And she was like, I just wanted to let you know, like you're adopted. And I was like, what, what does that mean? What is, what does that mean to be adopted? And, right. and then she was just like, um, so biologically by blood, you're not my son, but you're my son because like law allowed you to be adopted, you mm-hmm. know? Um, you were a foster child. Um, I know who your mom is. I know who your biological siblings are. Um, I literally picked you up from the hospital. You were born premature. Uh, we got to come visit you. Uh, your family got to come visit you. We got to take you from the hospital to go visit your family. But, uh, you were adopted. We knew you were going to be adopted before you were even born. And that's pretty much, you know, when the court and when, you know, the law get, you know, allows you to get your name changed because, you know, you're in our family. I'm bringing you home. I'm your mom. I'm your caretaker. And I remember the first time she told me, I remember everything just getting so blurry. And uh, as soon as she told me that, like, I cried for the first time because I was like, didn't understand what that was. You know, see, where I went to elementary school, um, 
most individuals, you know, when you, you your first day of school, you get that white phone card slip. Oh. You have to write your name, your contact information to yeah. give to the teacher. Okay, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. just in case you cut up or just like in the emergency thing, right. they have to be able to call your parents. Call them, yeah. And most of my friends, you know, their parents weren't married or anything. But when I noticed, like when they would cut up and the teacher would say, hey, what's your mom's name? What's your dad's name? Say yeah. that for me. And they said it, you know, their mom and dad had similar last names mm. or one of them took after their mom or dad and where mm. I only had my mom. So, you know, not really having a dad, not really understanding like what the term adopted meant. You know, I just broke down and cried because at 11 years old, um, it just, it yeah. taught me, it, it just told me like, do I need to figure myself out? Who right. am I? So I, you know, um, I actually battled with a lot of uh, identity issues and who I was like growing up as a, yeah. as a child because of that. Yeah, emotions are strong, man. Mm -hmm. So you didn't understand it, but your emotions are running. That's a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And now that I look at it in the future now, like now even today at 23, you know, I'm like so thankful that she did that. Yeah. And she was absolutely right about saying you might not understand it now, right. but you'll definitely understand it when you're older. Yeah. Somehow, some way, you're going to understand it. Man, and that's, Jay, I mean, I'm just thinking that's something I was so curious about you with. And that, that's why you're going to be unstoppable. Bro. Mm -hmm. I mean, straight up, for me to you, you're going to be unstoppable because you, you're conquering that and you fought one of the hardest battles in your life. Who knows what's to come down the road, but dude, seriously, that's huge. Man. Appreciate that, man. Thank I, you, especially coming my... from you, man. You're an inspiration. Thank you. Man. Sure. Thank you. For real. You're, you, you conquered that and you're fighting it. Man, I've tried to put myself in your shoes and it's unimaginable. I would just, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't, you know. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, Thank you, man. That's deep, man. That's deep. Ah, so you did that. Man, so I got to ask, growing up in Pennsylvania, how I know sports is a big thing to you. I mean, football, obviously now you're you're mm -hmm. at UFO, going to be playing football. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what was sports like in Pennsylvania for you? How was that time with sports? You did football and wrestling? Yes. Uh, I actually played four sports growing up. I did football, wrestling. Um, I ran track and field and I played baseball and baseball. yeah, <laughs> my mom kept us busy. And that's the one thing I can say I'm grateful for her, you know, working two, three jobs, yeah. um, and just having older brothers that I followed after, like. Right. I was a hothead. I was kind of reckless, never ah, okay. in trouble or never got into serious trouble. But anything my older brothers did, I always like to follow after them because I am their little brother. So, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, like they did that. They ran track and field. They played baseball. They did football and wrestling. And um, me being the third and the youngest one, yeah. you know, I did all four sports just like them. That's what's um, Sports in Pennsylvania, especially Western Pennsylvania. Um, it's just like Texas. Texas is just like California. It's religion. It's, oh, it's literally it, it's yeah. literally like religion. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, shout out to Aliquippa, Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. That's my home. Uh, it's really rough growing up there and being from there. But uh, I wouldn't be the man I am today. I wouldn't be the dream chaser and the goal accomplisher that I am today if it wasn't for um, the people of Aliquippa, the city of Aliquippa and just coming from there. And, you mm -hmm. know. And but in, in Aliquippa, um, it is grimy. It is gritty. Um, it's cold. It's it's it, just Pennsylvania in general. It's cold, but um, the hardships like Aliquippa is a very difficult place to grow up in, Gosh. and it stands alone. Um, you know, compared to all the other towns that surround it, oh, wow. in terms of Pittsburgh suburbs. Yeah, yeah. Um, Aliquippa is. Um, it sits right on the bank of the Ohio River. So I always tell people, like, you know, there's three rivers yeah. that, you know, two of them that kind of merge with Pittsburgh and then one that kind of goes um, from the bottom of Pittsburgh to, you know, through Ohio oh, to the Ohio River. I live right on the bank of the Ohio River. Yeah. Um, Aliquippa is tough, man. Um, there's a lot of crime there, oh, okay. um, a lot of drugs. Mm. Um, you know, my city is plagued, mm. plagued with mm. drugs. Um, plagued with crime and then like the education system is just not the best and the reason because of that is because you know back in the 1960s 1970s even the 80s um it was a steel town we had a steel mill that ran from aliquippa all the way to the city of pittsburgh there's a bunch of steel mills there today that's how you know it became known as the steel town 
and where the Pittsburgh Steelers get their name from, you know, Gosh. because, you know, they made an economic impact yeah. off of the foundation of steel. Gotcha. And so Aliquippa was a steel town. It was a wow. steel city that, uh, you know, had families move there and you could make an amazing life. Mm. But um, it blew up. It had to be shut down and um, people packed up and left. Wow. And, um, you know, what blew up the, the steel mill. Oh, it did. Yeah, oh, it wow. did. Okay. And so, um, you know, when it shut down, when they had to shut it down, people yeah. packed up and they moved and they left. Yeah. And, um, you know, most people stayed behind That's or crazy. people that really couldn't afford to, like, stay in Pittsburgh or yeah. live anywhere else. They moved back to Alaquiba because wow. it was cheaper. So now we don't have a steel mill there. And uh, all we have is uh, football stars. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, shoot, it, it produced. I mean, all the stories you were telling me about, it produced definitely. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so you saying with the crime and the drugs and all that, it's real easy to fall off your path. There is what you're telling me. Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, without a doubt. And um, just from just like being a part of Alaquipa, uh, like I said, you know earlier. Um, mm -hmm. Shout out to Darrell Revis, Ty Law, Mike Dicka. Uh, Sean Gilbert, Jonathan Baldwin, Tony Dorsett, the Heisman, Man, okay. you know, who went to pit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Dude. they'll be the first people to tell you. And those aren't, you know, they're celebrities. They're, you know, Hall of Famers that perfected their craft um, and made their names known in the NFL. But they are, you know, just people to us when they come That's through the city of Aliquippa. They literally walk the streets just like us. Yeah. They eat at the same diners that we eat at. Right. Um, you know, they went to the same church that mm -hmm. we go to yeah. and, you know, they're just in the neighborhood right. kicking it with us. And they'll be the first people to tell you, you know, um, just, it's just a tough place yeah. to grow up. And, you know, so it's easy. You could, man, you could have easily got stuck there too. Yes. 100%. And, um, there's just some athletes to this day. Some people that I grew up watching play the game of football, play basketball that should be playing overseas or should be oh, on a man. professional team you know, NFL, XFL, wherever, but, right. you know, that's just what happens when you fall into that, Man. you know, but I've seen some yes. unreal talent from Aliquippa. Like, yep. we call them hometown legends, oh, local yeah. legends, because, you know, they did some amazing things on the field for us in Aliquippa, but yep. they just you know, unfortunately, weren't able to like leave. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's you definitely got to break uh, uh, barriers, you know, some curses out there for sure. I feel you. That's that's mm -hmm. how I feel sometimes. It's like, man, the world has so much to offer. And it's like, man, you got to take that leap of faith mm -hmm. and just really get out. Speaking of, obviously, you're here in Oregon now. Mm -hmm. You got the bag next to you. <laughs> you took that leap of faith. Yes. <laughs> you're out here. You said, if I remember right, you said you just you just leaped in. You just you didn't know where you were going to land, but you made it. Mm -hmm. So growing up, uh, Aliquippa, you know, the one thing that they teach us mm -hmm. most of the time, and you can ask some of the players, yeah. you can ask coaches. Um, uh, they'll be the first to tell you from their days when they were playing football, most parents, most people, like residents of Aliquippa, yeah. they believe that you're not going to make it out of Aliquippa if you uh, aren't playing a sport. like. If you're not yeah. very, very good at your sport, yeah. you don't have a chance of making it out Ooh. of Aliquippa. And uh, somebody like me who didn't really um, have the talents as most people, didn't have the natural genetics, the mm. size, the strength, and, you know, um, the well-known resume or, you know, the name to, you know, get the opportunities early, yeah. um, it kind of hurt because it's like I always considered myself to be like a smart guy in the classroom. Yeah. Um, I took a lot of pride in going to school. So like hearing that, you know, you only had to play sports most of the time to make it out. Right. You know, it's right. kind of tough. It kind of like lowers your confidence a little bit. Oh, you know, a man. Little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that. Yet again, that's those curses. People who unfortunately don't. And I mean this with all respect, but who didn't make it out per se. Mm -hmm. That's just their mindset. And mm -hmm. it's tough when they're handing it down to younger generations. Like, mm -hmm. hey, you're just going to fall in this cycle. You're just going to fall in this cycle. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, I no, I, I want to break the cycle. I want to <laughs> do something different. Right. Like, I want to follow my heart. And, yes, sports played a huge part in me getting out here. But uh, I just remember when I was in the classroom, I always, you know, wanted to go to a college, a yeah. very, very smart college. And I looked at it like this. I live in the Atlantic Northeast because I live in Pennsylvania. There's people that live in Florida. There's people that live in Southern California. Like mm. that's four different corners of the United States. Yeah. And I always said, hey, 
if I'm living here in the Northeast, yeah. what's life like for the people in the Northwest? Damn. And then as I got older, I, you know, fell in love with the city of Seattle. Yeah. I fell in love with Portland. You know, I always could see myself making mm-hmm. a life out there at a young age. And, um, you know, went to school, played hard-nosed football. pretty mediocre. Right, um, right. Most people at home would consider me talented. Yeah. Um, didn't have the genetics or I didn't dominate the game, but I played decent football. For sure. For um, sure. And I just wanted to take a chance on myself. And I wanted to try to walk on and uh, play for either the Oregon Ducks or the Washington Huskies. It okay. was my dream to attend either school. Yeah. Um, I'll never put one over the other. Yeah. And I just pretty much said, hey, like whichever one I get accepted into first, I was going. Yeah. And I got accepted into Oregon. Uh, I had an opportunity to meet some people and connect with some people before I even got accepted. Yeah. And uh, transferred out here. And That's I'm amazing. here now. How was that feeling to just know you got accepted? You you got to run by that. I didn't go to college, but to know, hey, Oregon accepted you. What, what was that reaction like? My heart dropped because uh, <laughs> coming out of high school, I always knew I wanted to come out here. Yeah. But um, there's some family things that kind of happened, which kind of like derailed my confidence a mm. little bit. And But, you know, it ended up having me settle for a small school at home at oh, first. Yeah. And then I just didn't feel like it was home. So I transferred to another school. Mm. And then that didn't feel like home. So then after applying and then getting in, I just, uh, I just thought to myself, I said, Hey, is this real? Yeah. I can't believe it. And then, you know, one of the guidance counselors or the admissions counselors called me and was like, this is real. Like you're in what a and your letter, your letter will be, be there in two days. And I was yeah. like, I won't believe it until I see this letter. Right. Right. And then the letter showed up at my doorstep that, yeah. you know, that I had the opportunity to go. And I remember seeing it. And I don't live with my mom anymore, but I ran all the way down to my mom's house, kicked the door in. Oh, and was like, mom, like man. I got in. Yeah. I was like, like just crying, screaming at the top of my lungs, woke everybody up in the house. And yeah, and it was just like the best feeling ever. Like I can't Gosh. even describe it, man. And that was, that was back in 2020 or 21. That was back in 2020 when I got accepted. And then I came in 2021. Yep. You came in 2021. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that is awesome. Man. That's so cool, man. Mm-hmm. How how did you adjust to the difference out here compared to because like me i always say for me real quick i went to i switched high schools and that was crazy to me like i went to a whole new high school where i didn't know nobody i always tell people I'm like, that's fine for me. how was it for you leaving there coming all the way out over here was it just it felt like home right away or was it kind of just weird um it didn't necessarily feel like home it felt like something that was different but i knew it was something that i always wanted okay. because in high school um based on academics alone and different uh, programs like ROTC, accelerated learning, because, you know, I was in a bunch of honors classes. I jumped different schools. So I was always a student of Aliquippa, but I was taking classes at different schools. You know, I went to Ambridge for the honors program, and then I got into JROTC. And so I was able to go there and study for a little bit. And then whenever I came home, like Aliquippa was just difficult for me to learn in. It could be difficult to learn there because the education system is one of the worst in the state, honestly speaking. And um, a lot of people be able to test to that. And so, like, I just want it better for myself. So um, I ended up going to a different school my junior and senior year that the academics and the rigor was very difficult. I ended up going to Central Valley. I ended up moving there and going there um, after uh, one of my cousins that passed away that I was very close to. Um, But. I had moved to three different high schools and then I kind of felt my college career taken the same way because deep in my heart, I felt like I wasn't home. I wasn't at a place where I felt like I was comfortable. So um, after moving different high schools and moving different colleges and, you know, coming all the way out to Oregon, I adjusted really well because I knew it was like a place that I really wanted to be. Right. And I knew I had experienced a similar process, like similar to high school. Yeah, you were battle tested. Mm-hmm. You literally were battle tested. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Mm-hmm. Man, so sitting with you at Thanksgiving having food, which the food was amazing, by the way. Yes, it was, man. You know, talking about the podcast now that you know what the goal is, trials and tribulations like what you come from what keeps you motivated i know you share that epic sports story and life story with me 
Can you mind just running that back and telling me about exactly how you got this hormone source? Okay, so yeah. Um, ever since I was younger, uh, I had, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just like following around my brothers all the, all the time. I just developed a huge love for sports. Yeah. Um, I watched my brothers play in high school or in youth in a high school, and I played at such a very young age at three years old. Okay. I used to just follow them around all the time and um, watch them play in high school. And then, yeah. unfortunately, like they gave it up you know, to oh, pursue other things, but they pushed that in me. My mom pushed that in me as well. And so um, I remember at one point in time, and this is going to be like a funny – uh, fact like a, a a fun fact, but a funny fact is that here for it. I could quote like I could sing every single fight song on NCAA, <laughs> every college fight song hey. NCAA uh, 05. Yeah. Um, uh, at at that point in time when I was young, my favorite football player on in NCAA was Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, oh. He wore number one, and he actually went to the University of Pittsburgh. Okay, um, and just like we used to play that game yeah. like just like, just like yeah uh, it was religiously like yeah. they taught me how to play on the gamecube and then that's how i got better oh, at xbox but yeah. that's where i first developed like a love for sports okay. and then from then it was just up like i played ever since i was three years old gotcha. but um you know i was decent in high school um i was injured uh eighth grade year ninth grade year uh 10th grade year, I played a little bit and I was injured. And then my junior year, I was injured too. And then really the only year that I really had like a successful year of football was my senior year of high school due to battling um, so many injuries. My what? freshman my freshman year, I broke I broke my leg. And oh. oh, I played football for Team USA. I was the running back, okay. the starting running back. We were preparing against uh, to play for Canada oh, uh, wow. or to play against Canada. Yeah. And I broke my uh, left leg. Oh. Uh, I was a starting running back, so I missed my entire freshman year. Is that the one you told me at dinner when they cut off the tape? The uh, blood just all started flowing yeah. and it swelled and like, up? The way it looked like, like my mom was like, oh, you're fine. Get up. You know, they brought oh, yeah, it down yeah. to the Put field. some dirt on it. You but as soon it. as they cut the spat off my foot yeah. and just like my entire leg swelled up. Oh. So they knew, <laughs> they knew it was broken. Mm. And then my uh, sophomore year, I had uh, two grade two AC separations in both of my shoulders. Ooh. You can still see the bumps to this day. Okay. Uh, the bones on my shoulder. Yeah. And then junior year, I had broke my hands uh, just you know, playing football. And then my senior year, um, just, you know, uh, led the conference and in interceptions all the way up until my last game. There was a guy that beat me out for the number one spot. Um, we didn't make playoffs. So I got honorable mention by default, but, um, I had the single season record for six interceptions in a single season. Wow. And, um, I didn't have any offers coming out of high school. So I settled for division three. I went to division three to wrestle. Okay. Um, sustained some injuries there and ended up retiring from the sport. Okay. But um, I was good enough to still play ball, and so I still wanted to take that chance on going to college. And so, um, yeah. uh, after transferring my second to my second school, um, I just didn't like it. I was unhappy with the location and just being in Pennsylvania. So, um, I just transferred to the University of Oregon in 2021, and I was just wanted to walk on. So I would work out, get in the gym every single day. Um, they didn't have walk-on trials because we were in the COVID pandemic. And so, like, it was literally every man for themselves. And um, every Division One university was guaranteed to have a walk-on tryout in the spring and in the fall. So when COVID hit, everything kind of got screwed up. And so they weren't really promising athletes, especially at the University of Oregon, walk-on tryouts. So if you were going to get something, you had to really like get it by any means necessary. You yeah. had to do whatever you could. And so um, I was just training the whole spring term and uh, I was going to Walmart. Actually, I was just like walked out of my dorm. I was getting ready to go meet the Uber to go to Walmart. And I walked past Hayward Field by the track and field. There's these uh, rec fields right by it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I saw four individuals working there, um, you know. One of them uh, went to the NFL, one transferred to Auburn, um, and then the other two are still playing at University of Oregon now. They're both seniors. They're actually about to graduate. Um, DJ James Jr., Mike, Mikhail Wright, uh, Triquest Bridges, and Jamal Hill. Mm -hmm. 
all four of them. I love Oso very much, and I'm just thankful for him. But this is why this is about to be crazy. Like, you're going to be like, wow. And so, like, while I'm on my way to Walmart, I walk past them, and I see them training. And, you know, I had to do a double take. And I'm older than all of them by a year. Maybe one of them, they were the same age. And I was like, hey, um, would you mind if I get a workout in with you? Like, I'm desperately trying to make the team, and I'm at an unfair advantage because of COVID. They don't have walk-on tryouts. I can't do it the traditional way. You know, I can't really pay for school, so I'm just really trying to make my dreams come true because I don't know what's going to happen from here on out. Wow. And they said, just laid it out for them. Yeah, and they said, you know what? You seem super cool. You seem super chill. Like, you know, come work out with us. At first, they were like, no. And then when I went to leave, they were like, if you got cleats, come work out with us. And so... um. Ran in my dorm. I sprinted to my dorm. It was literally like a couple hundred feet from the field. Mm-hmm. Grabbed my cleats, went out, trained. And they asked me to do every drill that they wanted me to do. You know, whether it was backpedaling, going through the ladders, working on my hips, doing one-on-ones with them. And, you know, at the end of the uh, drill, um, DJ James was like, gosh, dang, boy, where are you from? Like, where are you from? Seriously, like, you got some feet, boy. Like, and I said, I'm from... um a little city outside Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, like football is a religion in Western PA. Like yeah. I'm just here grinding for my family, for my people there. And then Triquez Bridges and Jamal Hill, they were like, wow, like you're like really good for somebody who just is out here fooling around. Like we're going to hit up Matt Neuer, um, who's the director of football operations. Now he's wow. still there. We're going to hit him up and we're going, we're going to try to say something about you because, you're just different from anybody, any, any other person here. Right. And then, um, Mikhail Wright, we don't really talk as much. Cause I know he's busy in the XFL. Mm, um, okay, he tried right, his right. hand at the NFL and then he was an undrafted free agent. And now he plays for the, um, he plays in the XFL. He, um, uh, he's the one that gave word of mouth with the other three to a guy named Kwame, um, Adjaman, Okay. Um, who was the senior recruiting analyst or the senior defensive analyst at Oregon. And I uh, went home for the summer, mm-hmm. just working at home, working a full-time job. And then I got the call from him and a follow from him on Twitter. And he was like, um, come out. Like, or, or we might need to bring you in the camp. Like, you okay. proved yourself. Are you ready? Have you been working? And I didn't believe it. And yeah. I was like, are you? Like, I gave him, like, I was being so honest with him. I was like, are you, like, effing with me, bro? Right, because right. this is serious. I know they have this thing where... They fake, you know, coaches, the people pretend to be coaches and message people and do it as a yeah. joke. And he was like, no, nah, I'm pretty real. And I can see why you would think that. Oh, and so, like, um, he said, yeah, we I want to bring you in and train. I want to bring you in with us and work out and yeah. blah, 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 blah. But I just have to get the OK. So, um, Jay, real quick, let me jump in with you to give mm-hmm. us some context. Mm-hmm. So you're saying after all that, you went home and you were working just a normal nine to five job mm-hmm. just doing that because it was summer mm-hmm. it was summer mm-hmm. and then he reached out to you okay i'm just making and said sure we want to bring you in for the fall Shoot. so you I know i ran out those doors <laughs> are you ready and i ran back from my house to my mom's house <laughs> kicked the door in again and was like hey mom the dream might be coming true and you know <laughs> so um Jeez. unfortunately based on COVID, they just didn't have any other spots mm. but you know, that just went to show you that my hard work was working and something was like, you know, they had said something about, um, because it was unfair for you not to be able to come in in the fall, you're going to be like a priority in the spring because, you know, you just have to work hard. All you have to do is wait till the spring. And so when I went back to school for the fall term in 2021, um, something had just got mixed up with my family's credit and school. And um, I just wasn't able to pay for school anymore. So I got sent back home to Oregon and then in Pennsylvania uh, from all of 2022, all of 2020, the rest of 2021, all of 2022. And then all like the first half of 2023, that's where I remained was Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's where I remained. I was there. I went, you know, I was gone. And I remember just being so devastated that I had to go home like. I was so close to getting everything that I could have wanted, walking on, being a part of the student athlete culture, earning my spot. Because at this point, I earned that opportunity when the coach, you know, when coach followed me and um, I earned that. 
and uh, I was unable to pay for it. Um, the coaching staff had split up uh, in 2022. Half of them went to Miami, half of them went to Nevada. Oh, okay. And um, I just got a phone call from like a, a number and I picked up and he was like, hey, I hope you remember me from Oregon. Um, I'm now the defensive coordinator at Nevada. If you can figure out your finances, you have a spot with me at Nevada, like, and I'm officially offering you a preferred walk-on. And so, like, when I heard that, like, I broke down and cried because although I couldn't take that opportunity because I couldn't afford school, that was the literal proof that my hard work, my faith, me believing in God, me not being afraid to take that risk and network and meet new people, I earned that opportunity. I can officially say that I'm a Division One athlete because of that. You know, I received my first, not just a D3 or D2 offer. I didn't get anything like that. That was my first ever offer ever in my life was that preferred walk-on to go play for the Nevada Wolfpack. And, um, you know, he's still there. This is his second year. So shout out to Kwame Adjiman. Um, I love you to death. Um, I appreciate you just being a mentor, being a brother, you know, just being a role model. You know, you're a huge role model in my life. And so... Yeah, after that, um, you know, I tried to work really hard to get to school, to get to Nevada. And uh, in February of uh, 2022, before I could go out, after I had made a decent amount of money, I had got hurt at work. I worked at Lowe's and I had to have surgery on my hands. So I had to learn how to use my hands all over again. And that process was rough. And after six to eight months, um, I finally was able to get another job and I got a job as a, uh, ramp agent at the airport. Oh, okay. I was working my way up to be a supervisor, yeah. pulling in 80 hour weeks, just grinding, making stupid right. buku money. Oh yeah. And then and that's I, like a solid job. That's like, yeah, a it's a really job. good job actually. Like, and if I always told myself, if I'm not like in my field, I would definitely work that most like yeah. a degree, most, yeah. put money, you know, pay yeah. bills and put food on the table. And so, um, in, uh, February, March of 2023, after working there for about five, six months, mm -hmm. um, I suffered a hip injury Ooh. at the job. Like now I'd already been battling with this hip injury since I was a kid, since right. I was younger, but I knew I could play with it. But, you know, when I was lifting heavy loads, um, heavy bags and everything, like my body was just giving up on me. It was failing, on, failing me at the time. So um, I actually had to have another surgery, which I had um, two days after my birthday oh. in April. Okay. So most, you know, what day is your birthday? Uh, April 15th. Oh, so okay. uh, three days. So I spent it on the, I had surgery on the 18th, which is funny because from age 18 to 23, I only remember celebrating one of my birthdays he uh, uh, healthy. Mm. The, you know, two of my birthdays were in COVID and right, I was actually right. in the dorm where I was isolated. Um, and then two of my birthdays, um, I was injured. Mm. I was in a, in a sling. In 2022 and 2023, I was in the hip brace learning how to walk again. Gosh, and it took man. me two and a half months to learn how to walk again. And so, um, unable, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to Nevada and play, but I'm still in touch with him because he's a big brother to me. For sure. Um, I just remember my mental health just declining, you know, just having to reset twice, mm -hmm. you know, losing out on not being able to go to your dream school anymore. Yeah to going home to almost being able to go back to having a reset because you had a life-changing surgery, learning how to use your hands. Yeah. And then you had another life-changing surgery. Now you have to learn how to use your legs all over again. Uh, learning to walk. So again. like my mental health was declining. So how did you, Yeah. what motivated you? What kept you going? Because you're going way up here, getting dropped down, coming way back up. How, how did you get through that, man? And um, I can't even tell you, like, honest to God, Honest to God, truth. Um, because of like the the unbearable pain that I had to endure both times from the surgery, and then just like losing out on the opportunity to be with the ones that I loved out here. Like I felt yeah. like God had actually gave me friends and support, yeah. something that I felt like I lacked in the classroom when I was younger. He had gave me exactly what I was asking for out here, and having to turn all that away and go back home, yeah. you know. That really took a mental toll on me and my yeah. mental health was declining. I was becoming more and more depressed about things. And, um, Man. Yeah. you know, I failed. Like I, I was at, I was at a point in time in my life where I was at pit's end. I wanted my life to be over. I wanted it to end. And, um, I just 
remember saying something about it or just like saying that I had felt like this was the best option and somebody had overheard it, you know, when I was at work, um, they called one of my family members, uh, one of my family members that called my personal trainer, um, coach Cradell, I love you. You're the reason why I do this D Brown. I'm thankful for you. And they called them and they just said, Hey, like check on him. He's having a really hard time recovering. And then, um, they called me a couple, you know, they called a couple of my professors, my support staff that I was in contact with at Oregon and they all reached out and it got all the way to the attention span of a former NFL lineman who graduated from the University of Oregon. Uh, his name is Tyrell Crosby. Oh, yeah. And, um, and he's uh, like a big brother to me today. Tyrell, yeah. uh, when you watch this, just know I love you and I'm thankful for you. You're my yeah. big brother. But um, he reached out and he's been with me every step of the way, um, helping me return back to college to get right. back on track um, since my mental health decline and just battling the emotions and everything. He's been there to lift me up. Right. So humans aren't perfect. And it just takes something to really bring somebody to their knees. And I can admit that all the times that I was strong. Like that was the first true time that I felt like I wasn't was after my second surgery and not getting into school. Yeah. And um, thank God for people like him, uh, Coach Kwam, my personal trainers, my mom. They were just able to like lift me up. Yeah. And yeah. because I wasn't able to lift myself up, and that was the very first time in my life that I wasn't able to lift myself up physically and emotionally and mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And how did I deal with that? Once they told me you're going to be okay, you're going to find a way to recover from this. You know, I got right back on my feet and I praise God for like him sending angels pretty much. Those are angels in disguise, like every single one of them. And they're all used for a particular story. And they, you know, I think God used them to save my life because where I was headed, I wasn't sure if I was going to be alive come come end of 2022 and then i for sure thought i wasn't going to be alive yeah. um you know in the early stages of 2023 you yeah. know when i was learning how to walk again right. i didn't even want to leave my house i didn't even yeah. want to do the therapy because i was just at ends with it and so i just thank god for you know him sending people to pick me up so if it wasn't for the people lifting me up when i couldn't lift myself up yeah i wouldn't i'm pretty sure i'm almost positive i wouldn't be here today so jay man i think of I think of this analogy I always use. It took me years to hear this one, but do you know when a ship is rusting, like an actual ship that goes in the ocean, mm -hmm. it's rusting the most when it's just dark and it's just sitting there. It took uh, me years. I like didn't even know that. It, it took me years to really. Can you explain this, that man. a little bit more yeah, for me? So when a ship is just sitting at the docks and just chilling for X amount of time, that's when it rusts the most. Mm -hmm. Now the crazy part is it's the opposite when it's out in the ocean sailing and going through the sea. Mm -hmm. And I just I couldn't help but keep thinking about that with you. Mm -hmm. So every time you was going back home, and hey, don't get me wrong, no place like home. No place like Absolutely. home. Absolutely. But man, you built to to be out in sea flowing, mm -hmm. flowing in life. Mm -hmm. And you knew that. Mm -hmm. And you didn't give it up, Jay. That's key, man. Because if you would have just that. stayed at home start rusting you're breaking mm -hmm. down physically mm -hmm. mentally spiritually everything's mm -hmm. breaking down because you know deep down where you're supposed to be mm -hmm. you're supposed to be out changing the world whether right. it's football the character you have the heart you have you're supposed to be out there doing mm -hmm. it man. and shout out to my friend taylor um her and her family just like man she was there for two years when she witnessed mm -hmm. um everything that was happening and she like never left my side and she's like a real amazing friend like god yeah. sent her as a great friend you know and she's a family friend to this yeah. day and i'm um, just thankful for her you know so god really sent people to really like be in my circle yeah. and they just were there to help pick me up because knew. there were people in my life like when they saw me leave oregon mm -hmm. and go back to go back home first for the first time like and they saw like where my mind was and the type of lifestyle that i was kind of almost getting into mm -hmm. because i was just like becoming more and more depressed i started right. hanging out late not necessarily was i doing anything right right but i was just hanging out late coming in at four in the morning yeah places like places like you know instead of being in the house on the video games relaxing yeah. i'm out with my older friends just not where i'm supposed to be and that's whenever like the first time my mom and my family and my sisters they really knew 
that something was up with me. Like exactly. they really knew that, okay, something's going on. Right. Like there's really something going on with yeah. him. And all my friends kind of knew. So I really thank God for all my friends that were here that I met in Oregon that never left my side too. Yeah. You know, because there was a lot of people that um, made me read like, the things that I was yeah. getting into and made me live with what I did. And that opened my eyes too. Straight up. But I thank God for the people that didn't leave me. They knew at heart that like, this wasn't, the, that wasn't the life that I wanted to live. Yeah, man. The thing, the decisions that I was making weren't the decisions that I wanted to make. Right. And that like, they knew I was always good and I was chasing something. They just knew that I was going through something. Yeah. Because they knew you wasn't, they just knew when somebody got heart like you, you ain't supposed to just be just stuck. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be out there. Like I said, back to that analogy, you're supposed to be out there. So I'm so glad. I'm so grateful that you have that. And we wouldn't have crossed paths if you would have stayed back over there. Right. Man. I appreciate that, man. See, I'm just grateful for everything. I would have been sick. Yeah. Meet, you, you know, I would have been sick, man. I would have never crossed paths with appreciate you. Well, now we're sitting here on the podcast doing this. It's deep, man. That's deep. Appreciate it's it. Deep. That's a Some patches. I like those yeah, patches. Just showing love. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a blessing. And uh, hopefully I can get the next one when it comes out. And yeah. hopefully when the next one comes out, um, my dreams of, you know, being able to end as a senior on the field and ending, ending my football career in the right way, because I sustained a ton of injuries in my life. Um, that that's the, the thing that I'm looking forward to is just trying to end it on the right note. What's and your, can I ask you, what's your routine on injuries? Like you getting hurt, you're getting injured, like rehabbing, are you eating well? Are you like, what is it? You getting your sleep? Like what's the routine for Jaden? Um, yeah. So pretty much just getting up in the morning, making sure I get a good breakfast. Yeah. I try to take care of my body as far as like eating. Um, thank God I have really good health insurance, yeah. um, because I take care of that. Um, right, right. but I think the injuries really came at a young age because I wasn't eating enough. Oh, and then yeah. I used to wrestle, so I used to stunt my growth a lot. You know, you have to yeah. cut weight, so I wasn't able to maximize my size and potential. Gotcha. Um, you know, so whenever I was, you know, it's not that I couldn't take the hits. I was the ones usually just dealing out the punishment mm. and, um, you know, hitting people. And But yeah. my body just couldn't withstand it and, um, you know, breaking legs and uh, separating shoulders, breaking hands, breaking arms, and, yeah. you know, having hip surgery, having hand surgery. So hey, um, it was just like. Just, I'm, I just every time I dealt punishment, it's like the punishment was hitting me tenfold. Hitting yeah, yeah. So, um, but this is the first time in years where I felt like I was at the best shape of my life. Right, right. I'm the biggest I've ever been. I'm the strongest I've ever been. I'm benching the most I've ever been. Right. Of course, with the hip surgery, um, I have a minor setback, but legs are stronger. Legs yeah. are bigger. Um, I'm 185 pounds. That's the heaviest I've ever been in my life. Dang, for real? Yes. Shoot, shout out, too, man. <laughs> so, I wish I could say that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's looking good, and I feel really good about everything and how it's going. I just feel, yeah. like, healthier. I feel like meat and just right, that just right. comes from eating now, and I wish I would have been eating when I was a kid. Who knows what yeah. I would have been. But Kids, you know. <laughs> you can have a happy meal and then go run go run two football games back to back. Yeah, you're right. So I'm yeah, just glad no. that everything is slowed down for me to be able to look at it and process it internally, mentally, physically, yeah. and just like get a grip on it and allow it to take care of my body. Yeah. So I have been rehabbing, doing pretty well with that. Wow. Uh, when I go home, I'm going to finish the final stages yeah. of my rehab over break. Because yeah. that's the hip injury, right? Yeah. That whole hip and then injury. hopefully in the spring, um, because I know I know way too many people on the inside of the walls of athletics. I have a ton of former teammates and friends that are still on the team right. that are graduating. Uh, a ton of relationships with NFL players that played here. Hopefully, um, I get my opportunity because okay. when I left, they did have a walk-on tryout, and yeah. I felt like everybody got their opportunity but me. Yeah, and I felt like honestly, I was right. I, I was wrongfully robbed of an opportunity that I had worked so hard for and that I had earned, you know, you know, and I, I only believe that I earned that because I did get that offer to go to Nevada from an Oregon coach, right? you know, so, you know, and Man, now, he, now it's going. just, it's just time to make it do and, 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 end my career on an amazing note yeah. so I could work on building a career and becoming a family man yeah. in the future. 
every day. Keep going, man, because mm -hmm. people are going to fall off left and right. You just got to stay consistent Appreciate every that. single day, man. Thank it's, you. It's key. It's, it's so key. People look and say, oh, consistency. No, seriously, consistency, man. And Thank I know you. you know. Every single day, keep pursuing your dreams and go, go, go. Because remember, you stay dog. That's when the rust sealed up. You're right. Yeah, you know, that's you. facts, man. Also, what I got from you is support system. Have some people around you that you can trust, that you believe yes. in, that you're going to be at your lowest moments and they can pick you up. I just want to say the, the last couple of people I wanted to say shout out to was Deb Morrison. Uh, when you watched this, man, like, I'm so grateful that you never left my side. You literally watched the person that I, you know, changed into from the time when I walked in through the doors at Oregon in 2021. Um, to me going home for two years and then thanking God, like, you know, him helping me find my way back here and getting enrolled in classes again. You've witnessed every single step. And uh, shout out to Kelly Matthews for just like never leaving my side through it all. And I'm just thankful for all the connections with everybody that I've made in my classes uh, for my first term back. This is actually my first term back. Oh, this from, is from being gone for two years. This Jeez. is my first term back. Okay, so okay. just a huge shout out to everyone. You know, I feel so much older than everyone, but everyone welcomed me with open arms and they're just like, hey, like now we got to finish hey. and we're we're with you every step of the way. It's go time. It is. It's go time. It's go time. It's meal time. Let's it's drill go, time. Man. So what do you expect to accomplish in life, man? Uh, Well, my answer is pretty simple. Um, It's not like most people, you know, most people, they want the flashy cars. They probably want all the money. But for me, um, I just want to be a, a, a great man. I want to be a man who leads. Um, I've always had dreams and desires of uh, being a husband, being a, you know, being a father one day and just being a person that leads by example and just helping other people, you know, get to where they have to be. You know, um, I just want to learn how to grow more in my faith and yeah. That translates in, you know, first I have to take care of business. I, yeah. I have to, you know, do the right things in the classroom. I have to study, um, just continue making the relationships with mm -hmm. people in my community mm -hmm. here in Eugene, my new community, making relationships with people in the classroom, yeah. um, forming new friendships, new bonds, and just keep seeking uh, the new, like the opportunities that are being, you know, pushed out to us. Um, that's going to ultimately make the decision. And, um, I just, I just, just want to be an amazing man and just be a leader, someone who leads by example. Um, and of course, I just want to be a football coach or something like that <laughs> in the future. But I can't do any of that without God, and I can't do that without being like a leader or being a, uh, you know, a man who just wants to be an example for people, be the light. So. <laughs> well, Jaden, I appreciate having you, man. For real, appreciate thank you. you it man. means a lot having you on Garage Talks. Thank and you. with that world, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening in. Just a tremendous story, man. Trials, tribulations, how to conquer them, all the tools we need in life. And, you know, remember, we all in this together. So this is Garage Talks 5417. Peacekeeper out. Bless up, y'all.